Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. Uh, the third attempt. Uh, you guys don't know the behind the scenes. Hey, but... they don't need to know how many tech, like <laughs> botched jobs that we've had. This is the first time. What are you talking about? You don't give them trade secrets? I know. Why am I, why am I taking everybody behind the curtain? Yeah. <laughs> like when you tell a joke that does well, do you tell the audience, like, that actually bombed 12 times till tonight? <laughs> Right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, the very funny, uh, one of my favorite people in the world. Every time I bring, every time I get a chance to bring him on stage, I always say, "I love how his brain works." And we're going to yeah, talk. Yeah, what about I that. love is like to me that's very flattering when I'm being brought up because we're friends and stuff. But I always think of an audience member like that's such the like, the weirdest credit for if you're just watching comedy <laughs> in the crowd. Because, like, everybody else in the store is like, all right, you know him from, like, the Joe Rogan experience and his countless comedy special. And for me, you make it sound like I'm a mentalist. You're like, I yeah. love the way this guy's mind works. <laughs> yeah, for me. Please welcome. Can I say your name? Please welcome Mr. Fahim yeah. Anwar. There he is. Thank you. Are right, you here? Thank you. Yeah, I know. I, I, you know what's funny is I always can tell that I've thrown you for a loop when I bring you up on stage because you come into you you when you walk up you're like what was that <laughs> well I kind of love it though cuz it's like a great icebreaker cuz every yeah. I like addressing that intro yeah. and just pretending I'm a mentalist and like pick a number like between 1 and 50 did I your like, dad die 3 years ago and they're like whoa I like bringing you up and I like and I like, I like going before Brad Williams also because oh, why is that because I do like some jokes that set him up perfectly, mm. you know, like, and he always does it. Like I'll do the sure. jokes and then whatever I'm saying, he'll go right in and be like, and, and I, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, and everybody's like, ah, it's a yeah. callback from the previous jokes. And it's like, you know, so it just works. So I, so I love that. But yeah, man, I, I am, a, I am a fan of yours. You know, I, I you know, it's just, we're friends and we know each yeah. other, but I mean, I honestly am a fan. I, like, th- there's very few comics that I will sit in the back and watch them do comedy. I'm the same way, yeah. and like, you're I'm, you're that for me as well. I'm oh, a fan I too. That. You, know? you didn't have yeah. to say that, but I'm just no. Saying, but it's true when we yeah. go to when we go like have dinner and stuff after the shows and stuff. Like, we're we're in the hallway after I watch your set. Like, we'll have tags for each other right. and true. Like, we're kind of kindred comedy spirits. So, like, a lot of your jokes are kind of in my wheelhouse. That's why I'm like, oh, this would be good, or what about this? And like, we kind of get giddy off that you know yeah 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 there's been a few times too where i go oh i should have thought of that this motherfucker yeah. you know and you know i like what? how you you walk the line you know i always talk about that because like the store is like a gym and i'll see you try to tackle like a hot button issue and i'm watching it day one of you doing it yeah that's true, and it's yeah. not going over well you yeah. know what i mean like some of the crowd thinks you're a monster you know <laughs> but, but and you would be doing like you'd be killing but you want to get into your new stuff and now half the crowd thinks you're a monster and it's off-putting but i just love it as a comic because i know this is day one and i can't wait till when it's finished and i'm just watching it i'm watching the genesis of it there are countless bits of yours where i'm like ah he cracked it (laughs) oh right 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 i appreciate that i mean but the thing is like what i was what i was not enjoying about the comedy store is it wasn't a gym anymore. Dude, no, I know what you mean. When I got past, it was the dark ages. No one was going there. It was all about meltdown, you know, at the yeah. comic book store. Like the alt scene was very, it was it was like high octane running on all cylinders. And no one, the store didn't even exist pretty much. But there was a beauty to it that, man, I took some of the biggest swings in my comedy career because there were no stakes whatsoever. You Like there's no industry there. You could really experiment. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, 
this big shift happened and it turned into like the hottest place to be. And like all these, there's always agents and directors and all these mm-hmm. people there going. And then they're, you're, you're being seen and then you're forced to like, you're doing a Friday night, 9 p.m. spot every single night. Yeah, you know, on a Tuesday, head. like a yeah. Tuesday, which is supposed to be kind of like a warm up or just like work on some new stuff. You're sandwiched between Rogan and like Sebastian and 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 everyone like you're not going to do your new stuff in that time. Yeah, it was weird for me because, you know, because then like, you know, like I, I, just specifically is like there was this club that I'd played before. I hadn't been back in a while. And uh, Bobby Lee told me about this is that like, you know, they asked. Because I said, they haven't had me back. And he said, well, I found out because he went to that club and he was something about they were at the comedy store one night and I didn't do well or something like Mm -hmm. that or whatever I was talking about. And it was probably one of those nights that I'm like, well, let me work this out, you know, because I honestly don't give a fuck. Like I, I go like, okay, this is my time. Like I knew that I became a professional comic when I didn't care if the audience laughed or not. It was just about like a point of emphasis of like, I need to work on this thing and I'm going to do this. And if they like it or not, great. But I'll understand why they didn't like it and then I'll work yeah. on it for the next time. But I've had so many moments like that at the comedy store. Like you know, I was doing this, working on this one bit and then this couple attacked me outside just like, I can't believe you were talking about it. And I had this long 45-minute discussion with them just because they, you know, they, they're they these pretentious liberal fucks. Also, they don't understand it's a work in progress. When yeah, some, people fail to understand that when you watch a comedian, um, a lot of people are naive and think that this is their, like, ta-da, this is it. You, like, you don't know what day. Maybe it's, like, day one of 60 of this bit kind of getting to where it needs to be. And you saw it in its ugliest form. Yeah. But, like... You can't judge it upon that one day. There's there's nuance to it. Very nuanced. And then you have this kind of feeling, though, that started to happen at the comedy store of being like, well, I guess I got to put on a show every night and I had to go work out someplace else. Mm. You, know? you know what I did, though? Like uh, wh- That started happening at the comedy store where just everyone had to put on their A game. You couldn't really work on stuff. I would tell Adam to put me up late in, in the night. I was because, always wondering, like, I wonder why he's going up late again, you know? Yeah, because I would. That's that's the only way I would feel comfortable. Just because I didn't want to ruin the show. Like, if I have a sweet time slot, like ten thirty or eleven, there's a you kind of perform for the time slot you have in my mind. Like, that's such a meaty. People are coming out to, yeah. and especially when you're not famous. Like, I I didn't have credits like you. Or I'm like less known. Like, people kind of know who you are. So when I get that time slot, I want to do that type of show. And if I want to try new ideas, I would ask Adam and be like, hey, can you throw me up around 1230? And that's when it's very sparse in the crowd and it's it's chill and now, it's a there, laid back vibe. And then I can just kind of throw ideas out there. Now, was there like a pressure that you would uh, feel or put on yourself? Like when you would look at the lineup and be like, OK, I'm on the lineup. And it's like, oh, man, Mark Marin, Joe Rogan and all these people. Kind of. That like- would always happen. You know, you put your avails in on Monday. You call in. You say when you're available throughout the week. And then they, they tell you what your spots are. And there are some people energy wise where you're like, oh, cool. Okay. I can just, not that they're, it's not like they're um, easy to follow. It's just like they're complimentary energy wise for you to go up after them. Whereas some guys you're like, all right, how do I attack this? This is tough to go after this guy. Especially like, when like, it's a baton pass too. It's like, it's an energy yes, there's pass. There's no MC. There's yeah. like every, what people don't realize, I guess like, um, if you're not an avid comedy fan or know how the store works, it's tag team. Like every other comedy club, there's an MC. So a comic will go up, then the MC, he comes in between each act. 
and kind of like he's the coffee beans at a fragrance counter, just kind of resets the room. And then the next comic goes up. At the comedy store, there is no MC. It's like I do my set, then I bring you up. So there's no MC. So when you have no MC, it's kind of like whiplash if you have vastly different personalities and energies. So if you have a guy who's just like swinging off the chandelier and straight to a one-liner guy, it's like the audience has to warm up to it. It takes like five minutes before they know what's up. And then yeah, then you you become your own MC. It's like, are you going up to somebody that does all crowd work, and you have to be like, oh, yes, fuck, like because uh, I would always go after shit, you Rick know? <laughs> Ingram. I would always go up after Rick Ingram, you know, like uh, or like at the comedy store. Sometimes for a month, or you'll be in these phases where you're always after a guy, or right, you're right. always before, before a guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you kind of like trade off, and and whenever I'd go after Rick Ingram, it was a bit of like. How do I attack this? I could, I could never just like stroll into the store. I'd have to be like, all right, what, what do I want to open with? What joke is best? Because he, he's like a crowd work guy. And like people love crowd work. It's so magical to them. So when you have bits, like structured jokes, it seems so like fake after crowd work. So you have to figure out a way to kind of like weave it in. I know. That, and that's so frustrating. And we've talked about this privately, just being like, you know, so here's this thing that I've crafted and worked on for months, maybe years, mm-hmm. you know, and presenting it to the crowd. And the thing that they want to hold on to is like, I love look at, when look that at this drunk motherfucker. Girl, yeah. <laughs> when that drunk girl said something and you said this yeah, thing to yeah, her, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. my favorite part of the show. You it's know what like, it is? It's so frustrating. A, I understand it, though. There's a magic to it because they everyone in the room knows that it's this event that just happened for the people in the room. It wasn't contrived. It wasn't written. It, right. it, there's like a fleeting magic to it. Whereas a bit is, can be great, but you know that it's been honed. Whereas like if something happens and off the top of the head, people put a lot of value into that for some reason. Yeah. A little too much value, you know? Yeah. It's like a, sh- it's like, I would say it's like candy and bits are, are like a meal. Yeah. I totally agree. I totally agree. I don't, um, I know we I keep making reference that we already talked about this, but whatever. I, I did a show yesterday for the first time in like since the quarantine started, you know? Yeah. The, um, this weird outdoor Matt Rife put it on in, in like in like the parking lot of his apartment building. And there was chairs set up. Like everybody was in their own groups and masks mm-hmm. on. And I was standing in the back of a pickup truck with a bullshit <laughs> mic yeah, system. Yeah, yeah. It was a show a that would be a nightmare for you. Yeah, yeah. Pre-quarantine. Like six, it was at like 6 p.m. start time, you know, in the daytime. But I, it was so cathartic. And it was so like, I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm doing a show. This is the greatest thing ever. I, I didn't realize how much I missed it. And I even said to the crowd, I was like, you know, this is I was like, if I invited you to a show, if there was no quarantine, and I invited you to a show like this, you would laugh your ass off thinking like I would never go to a show like that. But here these people were just like so yeah. excited to be out. So it's the hottest show in town and they don't even know it. I know. So it's just it's just um, I didn't realize how much I missed doing stand up until I did it. So I still haven't done it. I, I think like March 12th was the last day that I did it. Uh, it was the last day the comedy store was open. March 12th was and- my birthday. Oh wow! Yeah, no, I, Sorry, I w- I'm late, dude. <laughs> I was out in uh, Tennessee doing shows, and I and and it was like that night. It was like they were like, "Oh, I don't know what's gonna happen," but I end up doing that show, and I end up doing the next day, and then I flew home, and then the world shut down. Yeah, I mean, it's just I know it's just it, it's a, and it's amazing that now we're here, and like what it, what's the date now? We're like in oh, July, dude. and I'm I just know. thinking to myself like. 
this like you know that that terrible phrase the new normal the new like, normal like when is the new normal going to become normal you know like where it's like oh man where we even drop the new off of it yeah. where we just accept it yeah yeah we're just like well, that's why normal. i was i was in a bit of a funk like when it first hit i was okay like um I'm already kind of keep to myself anyways. But what was great about stand-up is I, I get to see all my friends and that's how I would be social. I would do my spots and, and I would I would get to be a social butterfly and catch up and, and, and force myself to interact. And, you know, I'm yeah. not so much like an introvert where it's debilitating, but it's kind of nice to have that part of your schedule carved out where you, you know you're going to see your friends and stuff. And it not even just be social. Not even just friends, but like like-minded individuals. Yes, because comedians even, are a very special breed. Right. Um, we think in jokes. Uh, so, yeah, and, and losing that is, it kind of sucks. Yes, it does suck. And, uh, it, but even not just, just that, it's like, you know, we lost that. And then we lost, like, you know, people lost writing jobs and acting jobs and, like, you know, all these things. And you're just kind of sitting here, like, wondering, like, what am I now? What's totally. going to happen? What, what, like, what's, what's the future going to look like? So we just, like, for me, I'm just fingers crossed for the scientists that they come up with something. A vaccine. Come on, nerds. Figure it out. Get it together. Come bull- on. You know, maybe funny if we're bullying them into like, yeah, into like curing this. Yeah. <laughs> Just slamming them in the locker. What are you doing in there? You being a bitch in there? Yeah, you, you, you can this? sleep when you come up with a vaccine, dude. Come on. <laughs> yeah. I want to go to bars. Fucking hurry up. <laughs> yeah, man. It's 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 crazy. Like I just saw an article about a French bus driver was killed. By some passengers who he he said you guys have to put on your mask. He's just doing his job, and they yeah. dragged him off the bus and they beat him to death. Jeez, you know what I mean. So you're just like like that's the it's line. Like you, you you have to worry about the disease and idiots. You know what I mean? Right. Like if wow. the coronavirus won't kill you, some guy who doesn't want to wear a mask will beat the fuck out of you. You know what's weird about like what we say about the like normal like there's certain patterns of behavior that we had before. Like, okay, mm-hmm. so yesterday I was going to pick up some food for my girl and I, and I get out of my car. I forgot my mask, so I get out of my car, and I walk back, and I had, like, I, I felt like I had some phlegm or something. I don't know. It was, I, my throat, so I just, you know, did a little thing, and I spit on the ground. Ooh, bro, you know I mean? that's an atomic bomb. Dude, that's a biological bomb. You can't do that. I, I looked over, and there was a, 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 a man and a wife pushing their baby yeah. cart, you know, baby carriage, and on the sidewalk way away from me. And they Dude. were looking at me like I literally shit in my hand and rubbed it on their kid's face. To like, them, all they I see felt, to them know? all they see is the is a mushroom cloud <laughs> in like the ring. <laughs> yeah. Like like yeah, it's like and, yeah. and, and it's coming <laughs> for them. You know, like, yeah. <sighs> like they have the stroller and then just like their face gets blown. And I just thought, oh man, that's but by the way, you probably shouldn't have done that even before. But true, true. But, but now street, everyone's you know? antenna is up. Yeah, like if I dude. hear any throat shit, you're like, what's going on? Yeah, man. I, I you, you feel like, but I think there should be some, there should be some bodily function etiquette now, like a way yeah. that you, a way that you sneeze. How, like just maybe, sneeze. maybe it's like a breastfeeding booth just for like phlegm stuff. They just <laughs> set it up around town. You get in there and you go. <laughs> it's like a vacuum too. It's like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can, can you go can you go to a bathroom it's too dangerous the aerosol element there's a there's a vacuum tube and you just go oh. and then there'll be like but then there'll be like uh you know a men's and a women's and then like the, 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 the gender <laughs> specific they'll be like hey that's not yeah that's not your phlegm room <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> hold 
hilarious. Yeah, man. Like, one thing I did notice is, you know, all this identity politics stuff and cancel culture. When the pandemic first hit, did you notice how quiet it was on Twitter for like a month or two? There was none of that because you realize humans were able to kind of prioritize like, all right, bathroom shit doesn't really matter right now when I need toilet paper or whatever yeah. the thing, the thought process was. No one was trying to cancel each other over minor transgressions because they were trying to survive as a species. You I know, know what I mean? But it's back, you know. But even It's back, yeah. That's felt- how you know that it's the new normal is like, all right, we can go back to canceling people through a pandemic. I even felt it. But even like when after the, after, you know, you had the George Floyd incident, and then the reaction to it, and then the Black Lives Matter re- really heated up. There was a time, there was a point there where I was like, "Oh man, can I post my video game uh, podcast? It's coming up." Oh yes, can I? Can I? Can See, I people don't myself? understand. This weird, is the right? weird thing about, about being a comedian because we're also a business. It, it's it's warped because our business is us. So it's it's this blurred line. And uh, you want to promote and create art and put it out there into the universe, but sometimes tragedies happen or uh, the world is in a weird state. And you you have to use judgment where you go, okay, I guess I'm on ice for a little bit because it's not appropriate. And you have to do that call. Like You might have like a great sketch or a great stand-up clip and then something terrible happens and then you go, all right, I have to sit on this for a while. Yeah. And you you have to do this fucked up thing where you're like, Okay, has enough time passed? <laughs> you know, you have to like see when that time is. I know. Where like, am I a monster if I start posting again? Yeah, right. That's exactly how I felt. But you're right about that. Even with our jokes, you know, mm-hmm. you know, it's like some people didn't. Some people didn't do that in certain cases. Like you know, like it's like I have a great Kobe Bryant joke. You know what I mean? But yeah, yeah, yeah. Not in the wake of it. You know, like you, mm-hmm. you got to give it a second. You know what I mean? Yes, it's like yes. <laughs> and 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 that requires so much. You you realize. Uh, people's perception of social norms are wide, widely different. Yes. So sometimes it's not that they're a monster. It's just like they they just have no antenna for it. And they didn't err on the side of caution. You know what I mean? Right, 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 right. I mean, it's yeah. like, so you do, do you feel like that? Because you also skirt the line. You like to like really... You like it to is, really, and it's, like, it's interesting. I do like to skirt the line. Yeah. And sometimes I do worry about um, kind of like perception and intent and... I had this thought the other day too is sometimes people get canceled on, on Twitter and different things. And it's just because and like their core community kind of know who this person is and what their heart is. Right. But, but the larger percentage of the world has no idea. So it's easy to just like attack some anonymous soundbite or whatever. Right. But yeah. You know, but you know, but the, the funny thing you say, say about that is that context is important, you know? Mm-hmm. So, we also have to realize that, like, if, like, we can't assume that people know. It's like, I realized that with doing podcasts. Like, you're yeah. on a podcast and you're saying things and you're like, Dude. you're going, you're going, you know, you say whatever you want to say. And then I the had next this thing thought you know, the podcasts are like depositions now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know. We just you have all this recorded footage just to, like, get fucked by ourselves from the past. Yes. And, and society progresses, but, you know, like, somebody could pull up. This in the years 30, 20, I mean, not 30, 25, but like 20, 40 or something, let's say. And then I, I seem so outdated and uh, unwoke by those standards. Or maybe they'll look back and be like, oh, well, maybe we'll look back at like the like like we look at the Puritans, you know, 
like the scarlet letter like we'll look back to yeah. that i mean like 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 isn't it weird how similar it is when you think about the scarlet letter how the twitter is that it, be, it becomes that cuz i felt like this like i felt the pressure of after the george floyd thing i felt the pressure of like well i have to post something like mm-hmm. what do i do you know yeah you know, i put the black like, oh, thing you- up <laughs> you know what i mean and i was like and i felt i didn't like it like I did it, yeah, and I was like, yeah. right after I was like, ah, I shouldn't have done that. But then the thing was, now I can't delete it because then, like, what am I mm. saying there? So I was like, all in my head about it, and I was so mad at myself because of that. And I, because I, yeah, I hate that. I hate the what's pressure. The call? Yeah. What? What? Like, what do you do? And then it's like, and do then you, you post? Do you not post? Are you a monster if you don't post? Right. Are you they, virtue signaling if you do? It's just like you're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't. Damned if you do. Damned if you don't. For sure. So that definitely was uh, something that I was feeling. And then it's like all the things that have gone on, you know? Uh, yeah. You know, it's like, well, you know, we had, there was like, you know, some, you know, like the big incidents that have happened in the comedy community in, in, in recent in recent times right now. Again, you're forced to be like, hey, you have to talk about that. You have to, if you don't talk about, you know, it's like whatever happens, it's like, it's like, <laughs> yeah. it's like with the George Floyd, if you're, if you're, if it's like, if you're white and you don't say Black Lives Matter, Twitter makes you feel like that means you're a racist, you know? I've if, had this if you thought. Don't you don't address it. You're, you know, it's like, no, fuck totally. you. You don't get to dictate how I, how I process this, and I don't need to share it with you, internet. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Like, um, yeah, you, you should be, you shouldn't be dictated by just some like general like trolls on the internet or something. You're saying like, hey, you should, like, who are you? You're not a network exec or whatever. Like, I know. You know what I mean? But they they want they want to they make it out make it out like they are. So again, like you skirt the line with like a lot of a lot of your material. Like for instance, I remember one one of your jokes that I loved so much. But see, you like you say you're a thoughtful person because you're aware of like I don't want to offend people, but that doesn't stop you from doing it. It just makes you work harder on it to make sure that you put yeah, it out, tweak yeah, it properly. Yeah. Like you had that'll this, happen oh, several times. Oh, oh, finish like your thing. I'm Sorry. saying so you had this great joke about the the. I think it was the girl with Down syndrome who was modeling. <laughs> well, you know what's interesting too is sometimes you'll have jokes and you do them for a while and society evolves while you're doing the joke. So it it works maybe th- it worked maybe 3 years ago, but that's like one of the jokes that I would pr- I would not do today, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, there, I, I have exactly a, what you're saying. I have a couple jokes where People loved them back in the day, but like nowadays, it just seems like um, not appropriate. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Or you yeah. change, or you have to change it, or you have to update it, or you like changed it, you or add I've, a, I've evolved. Yeah, yeah. I've evolved as a writer and as a person. You know, so that's interesting. Sometimes where like a joke stops working, and the crowd's just sort of like, "Oh, you shouldn't talk." <laughs> you know what I, I mean? I know you're like, "But well, wait a minute! I was two weeks ago. You guys were this, yeah. This was killing. You know, dude. But you that, know what's crazy? Hold on. I have this um." Uh, you you know George Floyd was happening all this stuff, but but I had this bit from like a year ago, a year or two ago, um, talking about cops and stuff, like kind of addressing police brutality. And this bit would always kind of sometimes it would smash, sometimes it would put the brakes on the show. It would there was like a lot of tension in the room whenever I would say it. So the bit I'd be like, uh, oh, I got in trouble over a tweet recently. Like I I wrote. Why go to Westworld to kill people with no consequence when you could just be a cop <laughs> and get paid for it? You know? Oh, right. And then, and this is before all this stuff, you yeah. know? I mean, there were cases, but it wasn't so clear cut like today. And I'd be, I'd be like, 
you go, the worst thing is nothing happens to these guys. They just get suspended with pay. I go, it's almost like these guys are just planning trips and then realizing they don't have enough vacation days. He's like, Johnson, this is the fourth unarmed black guy you've killed this month. I'm going to have to suspend you with pay. I go, and then he's just standing there with a fishing pole. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, Saj, you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> You're tough but fair, you know? Uh, and it was just such a tense joke where some people were like, they loved it. And some people were kind of like, you can't talk about that. And then I posted it recently after the George Floyd stuff and unanimously everyone is just like in favor of it. Like, yes, it's getting so many shares and all that. When I remember a time when it wasn't like that. Yeah, man. I noticed one thing I like about what you do. And by the way, for the people watching, if you, you might not know Fahim, but he had a special. Unfortunately, he was on CISO. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's on YouTube now. I leveled up, oh, that's baby. Great. He leveled up from CISO to <laughs> yeah, YouTube. Which to is YouTube, great. baby. So but what's great it is it's it's polished because like they paid for it. So it looks beautiful. It's like a really well shot special at a theater and everything. And then, you know, it bounces around from place to place. And now it's on YouTube. And I like that people can see it. Yeah, so totally, it's called I There's totally No agree. Business Like Show Business. Yeah, so make sure you check that out. Check out. And he also, but even a bigger thing, bigger deal, even if it might not have been like widely watched like we like it should have been. But, yeah. you know, Fahim was the head writer star of Goatface on Comedy Central. And what was great about it and groundbreaking about it, it was like, you know, a b- bunch of brown guys from the Middle yeah. East uh, in a sketch show. And yeah. was it like, was that a dream come true? Or was it like, you know, because I know right now you're, you you want to get on SNL. You want to be a writer on SNL. You want to be a performer on SNL. And, and I know you're in the process of trying to make that happen. So, but, so how was the goat face process, you know? It was you? a dream, man. Like, cause I, I love stand up and I love sketch. Those things just come to me. Like I have an antenna and those ideas just get beamed down to me. I have a real aptitude for stand-up and sketch. Um, And I've been able to do stand-up just, you know, that's what I've been doing. But sketch, to do it in a professional kind of high production way, you you need to get tapped to do it by by like a network or something, you know, If, if you're not doing it on YouTube or something. So, but the craziest trajectory is I got into stand-up because I loved SNL. I just love that show growing up. And I, I researched how do people get on it? And they either went to Groundlings, Second City, UCB, or they did stand-up. And then I, I, I Googled the schools, and then you have to pay money. I go, stand-up just seems more doable. It's free. I just, <laughs> y- you know what I mean? Yeah. And my parents weren't like super stoked about comedy, so I can't tell them I'm going to clown school, right? Yeah, especially because you were an engineer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean... <laughs> Well, they paid for college, but I could only do, that was like the lowest degree I could do and have them still pay for it. So did stand up and all that. And wait, 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 hold on one second. Yeah. Like, like you hear that that's the standard of Afghan parents. Yeah. Is that the lowest degree you can get is a mechanical engineer. Mechanical engineer. You know, so they're like, they're like disappointed when they're talking they about are, you. They are, dude. Oh, honestly, like I got the degree and I was working, I was working at Boeing. So yeah. I'm working at and Boeing he's Aerospace. Only, he's only a, he's a yeah. mechanical engineer. Like know? they're ashamed at dinner parties. Like our son, he's a mechanical engineer at Boeing and, you know, we wanted and then, him. And they're like other, there's women that go. <laughs> or do they spit out their drink? Like, 
how can you show your face knowing this? Uh, but that just, I just, you said that, and it's, you said it so casually that I was just like thinking to myself, wow, maybe what a it's different standard the, people yeah. from other places have about education. So you it's got your lowly so mechanical long. engineer degree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to appease so, your parents. Yeah. I mean, but also just to kind of like get a degree where I knew I would get a job to support myself because I knew I wanted to move out here to LA while I pursued all this stuff. And yeah, I did it. I worked and then I was doing some sketch just uh, with Goatface, you know, first on my own. And then I teamed up with Goatface and we were doing, we just thought that there was an exciting time. Like there had never been a sketch show or a sketch group with four brown dudes doing really intelligent, um, just funny sketch. Like sometimes it's about being brown, but sometimes it's about being American, just totally normal to be able to switch hit like that. I always thought it was like a hybrid of in Living Color and Chappelle's show. In Living Color, and that it would be the first to have that racial cast, that racial background for brown dudes, and then the social commentary of like a Chappelle's show. And we were trying to sell it and stuff, but this is before Trump got elected and just it didn't seem so obvious. So we just got a bunch of no's. Like for two years, we were doing the sketch thing. And then Hassan gets Daily Show, and then Asif books some acting stuff, and it just kind of evaporated. And then years later, I'm walking to the comedy store. And Hassan's profile is risen. He's, he's doing Daily Show. He does the White House Correspondence Dinner. And then he does his own special, uh, Homecoming King on Netflix. So the White House thing and the Homecoming King really kind of catapulted him. And I'm walking to the comedy store and his manager is like, oh, uh, Comedy Central, they want to do a sketch show with, with Goatface. Just random as fuck. Just drops in your lap. Wow. Sometimes you push things so hard and then you get nowhere. And and then other times things just kind of fall out of the sky. It's weird. Yeah. The, it, the way this business works. And it was just a one-off, like almost like a one-off. Like, yeah, it was, it was like a, a one-hour, one-hour sketch special. So it wasn't a series. It was just like a, but it was cool because we got to do what we did on YouTube, but for like on steroids though, like yeah. really high production. Aristotle's a great director. Um, some of the ideas I was able to do were pretty high level because we had the money for the sets and all of that. And what's funny is around that time, we were about to ramp up on production for Goat Phase. And then I got an SNL audition just for LA. So they were seeing people in LA and I did the audition over at IO. So, so I just did stand up on there. I think Casey Affleck was in the crowd and Ben Affleck. Wow. And then this, like, and then one of the producers as well from, from SNL. And I, I did what I wanted to do stand up wise, but I didn't get it then. But it was almost a blessing because it allowed me to carry through with Goatface and and do that project with my friends and kind of finish what we started and just do it on a large on a large scale. And so I'm very yeah, proud it of great, it. Man. What we did, yeah, you, this, should yeah. be, you should be proud of it. It was great. Thanks, you man. Know? If yeah. you YouTube Goatface, I think there might be some of the sketches that they put up on YouTube finally. And that's what's great um, about what's great about um, YouTube. But what's great about the sketch uh, platform art form? is it translates great to YouTube. You know, like I, I, I think Key and Peele is probably bigger on YouTube it than is. it is when it was on TV itself. For sure. Because I even myself, I find myself get going in a rabbit hole of you know, Key and Peele sketches and down, then I'm just laughing for an hour and I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. I just watched like, you know, 50 so Key much. and Peele sketches or whatever it is. They know? caught the tail end of that paradigm shift between TV and the internet because they were a TV show and then I remember towards the end of their show, they or no, no, they, they would have some clips on YouTube. And at the end of their YouTube clips, they'd be like, 
hey guys, Key and Peel is on. They're like pleading with people yeah. like, to watch watch the show because they didn't realize this is how people consume media nowadays. They were still fighting it. Yeah. And then once they embraced YouTube, it, it took off. Once they realized like, oh, these are they're getting the views, but in a different way. It's different metrics. Oh man, I love that. I, that's one of my favorites. I mean, it's like yeah. Like I say, what I like about sketch on the internet is you could cut all the fat off of this. Sh- like a lot of shows have too much bullshit. Like, totally. Because like, even in SNL, you know, I like SNL, and I yeah. know you're a big fan of SNL, but I could do without the musical guest. I could do mm. without the opening monologue. I could do without yeah. the interstitials and all that stuff. Uh-huh. I'm just like, cut to, you know, cut to the church lady. Cut to Yo. whatever the things are. I, w- I just want to see that. So I love sketch shows on the internet. On the internet, because all the fat's gone. Even when we, were, when we were making Goat Face, I made it a point. I told the guys, I go, I, I want no fat on this thing. I want it to be all digestible for the internet. There's no fluff. There's no, I didn't want to do like us coming out and be like, hey guys, blah, blah, right, blah. Right, right, right. Even though they did, they made us kind of do that up top because they're- but I get it. I, I still don't like that. I just want pure, uncut <laughs> sketch. Like Mr. You know what Sh- I mean? Like, like Mr. Show was like that. Like I just want raw, a ton of sketch. But they were like, oh, they want to know who you are to get a feel for your personalities. But in my mind, I'm like, no one's going to watch this shit live. It's going to be on the Internet. So yeah. you have to do that thing where you come out and you're like, hey, what's up, everybody? Just like this fluff <laughs> that that's like the, the meat and potatoes are the sketches. Yeah. But but the interstitials, we did stand up. And I thought that was cool because I wanted people to know that we are all stand ups, yeah, yeah, which yeah. I think is unique because I, I think stand ups don't get a lot of love in the sketch world. You have to come from UCB. You have to come. It's very clicky. Very it's, clicky. Um, it's an institution. You kind of have to, that's like the one, the only way you can kind of come or like be taken seriously as a sketch is to come through Groundlings or UCB. Whereas I always felt like I'm a stand-up who's actually like good at sketch as well. And I would get overlooked just because I'm a stand-up. So yes, that's why I, like I thought a- it was very cool to show like, no, we're, we're four stand-ups who are doing sketch pretty well. Yeah, the, yeah. Talk about like uh, what you think about the the subsect of uh, subsects of uh, comedy, especially like in L.A. Like I didn't even know there was like this sketch comedy. Scene. Oh yeah, it's a, it's a whole world. There's dude. like a whole and- scene I didn't even know about. It's like just like there's a whole alternative comedy scene, and then like I would be considered mainstream. You know, I'm in the mainstream, mm-hmm. and then we're the one that's looked down upon the most. Right. I don't, yeah, but what's weird is is now the pendulum has shifted, let's say pre-corona though, yeah. where it was all about meltdown and all that stuff, and then now it's all about the store, and that's yeah. where we are. So that's what's kind of cool is to finally get some shine, like our, our scene to get some shine. Well, I think that what's happened is that comedy has embraced the other media outlets, the um, forms of media outlets to help market their comedy and their personalities. I mean, mm-hmm. podcasting is what has made comedy what it is right now because mm-hmm. it's direct to consumer. This no is my personality. There's no gatekeeper. There's you nothing. You fuck with it or you don't. Yeah. This is me. And then later you might be like, you know what? I want to go watch that guy do stand up now because I like what he was talking about on his podcast or, or he's silly, like whoever it is, like whatever kind of personality or person you yeah. are. 
You know what I mean? And by the way, you don't even have to be a great stand-up, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you know what I mean? Like like what we would consider like, oh, man, that's, right. well, that guy's going to be on the Mount Rushmore of like whatever. You know, like if Chappelle had a podcast, it would be like, oh, my, can oh, you even huge. imagine? Yeah. You know what I mean? But, you know, somebody's Being huge- able to reach our fans without the gatekeepers has been the biggest shift and the most empowering thing to happen yeah. to us as comedians. And even on my level, like I've, I've experienced that because like, the Netflixes aren't there for me right now for some reason. Like they aren't there, there for certain, me either, brother. Yeah, yeah. When you understand you're in the business long enough, you you realize it's nothing personal. People are in positions of power. They have particular tastes. You don't happen to fall in it at this point in time. Maybe later you will, but you don't want to like sit on your hands just hoping this hot girl will like you. You figure out other ways. Yeah. I think earlier in my career, I was waiting for Mr. Hollywood to like tap me. It's your you know? turn, Fahim. It's your turn. And then like, you realize. This is Mr. Hollywood. Is Fahim there? <laughs> uh, uh, um, l- let me look good for Mr. Hollywood. Uh, hi, Mr. Hollywood. How are you? Is there an opening? And then you realize that's like a pipe dream. That's not how it works. And it's just a mirage that you're waiting for. This, this person doesn't give a fuck about you. And I had all this. I had my special that I did for CISO. I have bits of just me doing spots around town. And I started chopping it up and putting it on Instagram. And I, that's how I started to grow on Instagram. Like people were discovering me that way. Yeah. And that was really eye-opening. Like, oh, this is Netflix in everyone's pocket. Yeah. And it's, and it's not region protected. Right, and no right. one's telling me I can't do a thing that I know I can do. Right, right. Yeah, it's yeah. weird. Like, I, I think com- comedy is weird. Like, I have, like, this is my point of view, by the way, people watching right now. So even if Fahim doesn't have to even answer or respond, it's just because I'm yeah. wa- I was wa- this is what I think's happened to comedy recently is that stand up comedy is not enough for people because a lot of it's mediocre. So mm-hmm. it, it, to be great at stand up, to really captivate a crowd, there are very few stand ups that actually can do that. So then what the comedy business does is they find ways to to get to let people who are mediocre comedians shine. So they do mm-hmm. roast battle. They do mm-hmm. like all these different types of like comedy plus, you know, do laundry on stage and let's see who does, you know, let's, uh, you know, they have to have these like tricks and gimmicks because, yeah. because just the, dangle some keys or yeah, whatever yeah. outside of, yeah. Cause the regular, cause I was watching this show on and I was so mad when I was watching it, but then I found myself enjoying it later. But Rebel Wilson is hosting this show on Netflix mm-hmm. and it's a bunch of Australian comics or New Zealand, Australian comics, right? They're like in like, not a house, but they're in this thing. The whole point of the show is that it's a contest they have to try to make each other laugh. And whoever laughs in this room, they get disqualified. And as as I as the show's coming on, my girl wants to watch it. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. what? You know, but then as I started to watch it, I was like, oh, this is hilarious. Like, and then I thought to myself, how great do you know how funny that would be if it was like the comedy store guys? Like, yeah. like you we trying to make each other laugh. And then these guys are <laughs> yeah. they're talking shit about each other. And I was like, oh, this is like so great. But I go, okay, so now I get it. So it's like, you know, I had to like be like, I had to like rethink my feeling about it. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, damn, can't stand up be enough? I know. We're just such purists because we've dedicated our lives to this craft that we want good stand up to be enough. And sometimes I think we forget that, especially nowadays, there are so many specials out right, there. Right, 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 right. That uh, even though like we can sit through them, comb through them and see the value in all of them, just like the average person gets so much 
like stand up atrophy. They just don't. It's too much. It's overexposure. Well, I, I so consider, so they need a gimmick wrapped into it. Yeah, I can, but I consider stand up like the, these specials now. I don't. They're not. Well, you know, we've we've heard this a million times, but they're not special anymore. Yeah, specials are special. But they're content. You know, it's like yeah. doing a Vine video, but like for an hour. You know Another I mean? frustrating thing we talked about this before is just I mean I want to get this point across yeah, and I think a lot of people don't think about it is this shift with stand up comedy that's going on where um, like identity politics has become more important than the actual uh, bar being set by the comedian or like how good the comedy is it's more about like like yes representation is important but sometimes representation right now is more value is being put into that than how good the comedy is, you know? Yeah, and I feel like you I feel like that's personal for you. It's personal for a, me. The only reason I say that is because from, yeah. yeah, my parents are from Afghanistan. I'm proud to be Afghan. I have some jokes sometimes about it. Um, but I grew up in Seattle. I'm very American and my comedy brain has very is just very regular, very normal sensibilities. And I think sometimes because I don't address being brown a lot some of those diversity opportunities aren't afforded to me because I'm not being diverse in the way they want me to be diverse. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm in the same boat with you, brother, because for me, it's like I'm not specific. I'm not something enough. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just yeah. not white. It's like, why, why is it funny enough? Yeah, it's just, yeah but yeah. it's like, you know, so and even when you're like, you know, and I've been on so many different types of shows. I've been on a Latino show for doing stand up. I've uh-huh. been on a black show for doing stand-up. <laughs> I've been on the white shows for doing stand-up. Like I've been on a Chinese show. show. Yeah. I just don't tell anybody. Yeah, they don't, I roll they, with they it. Just, they, don't, they don't know, <laughs> but, but I feel like some of the people want to know. They want it to be specific. They want it to be like, well, we want, yeah, you're, you're, are you black? Because we, mm-hmm. we'd love you to be blacker is really what they're saying. You know, we right. want you to be like, you're not, you know, we need, you're like 630 and we need midnight, you know? <laughs> You know, I've never, like, I've never heard it put like that. We, <laughs> we need men. We need a gremlin. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You, you know, you, 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 like the sun is setting, but we kind of need it night. So, yeah. so I, I understand what you're saying. Like, I, so sometimes I just, but see, I don't want to rage against that all the time too. It's like, you know, because it, it's right now when I, I, I feel something when I see a ton of white celebrities, especially even the comics how they're addressing the George Floyd and Black Lives Matter, sometimes it's cringy to me, yeah. you know, because for me, I'm like, this has been going on. Like, what, we're, so because you think this is like, this is the most, the popular thing to do right now, or, you know, you feel the pressure of like, now you want to step out and be like. I think what's crazy is there had never been a video framed so perfectly like Scorsese couldn't have directed it better. You know what I mean? In terms of just capturing what minorities have known for years. And finally it was so black and white and clear cut that nobody could like justify it anymore. They couldn't be like, well, the police officer didn't know he felt threatened. Just all those excuses were gone with this video. And that's why you see so many white people and so many people out in the streets side by side. Cause like, it took th- that to get hit over the head with to be like, I fucking get it now. You know what I mean? Which yeah, is unfortunate, it's, but it's, it's crazy. I my I have a I have a big brother from Big Brothers of America. You know, when I was seven years old, you know, I've, I've, I still know him today. You know, so he's like the one of the persons I know the the longest in my life. But I remember back in the day when the Rodney King beating happened, 
I remember how shocked he was as a white guy, you know, a mm. white Jewish guy. He's, I remember him saying that to me. He's like, I didn't think that that really happened. Like, that was his mentality. was like, you hear black yeah. people talking about the cops. You, yeah, oh, oh, does that really, does that really happen? And how long ago was that? Exactly. And, 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 and people were towing that line up until George Floyd. But by the way, those those cops got off, so... Uh, like yeah. this isn't over yet like but you know it's funny you say that like scorsese couldn't have directed it better it, that video was like as if scorsese was directing it as if mm-hmm. scorsese was standing like it would be funny sketch would be like to play that video this is not funny it's dark but yeah. you're playing that video and then you hear then you cut over and scorsese's like now now you really hate him you know <laughs> like, you know what i mean yeah, yeah. or like, he's going like you're playing it too too real or whatever like uh yeah you're too sinister. Like, Dial it back. The look on a that bit. guy's face, man. Like you know. So I know what you're saying. Like there was something about this particular video footage of seeing a man one knowing that he's being filmed, mm-hmm. looking at people filming him, and the saying, length of time, the length of time, and thinking the, in his I mind, can't breathe, and like the several, like how many more indicators do you need? Like every excuse is gone. Yeah, yeah. It was almost like like it, it was almost as if like it was it, you know like. You know, like there's a white panel, you know, mm-hmm. and and the, you know you start the video and the white panel's like, yeah, but you know it was probably resisting <laughs> arrest and like, oh, you, okay, keep going, you know, it's like, well, he probably, <laughs> well, the thing is, just every excuse is taken away. Yeah, but he was trying to get. Oh, he's handcuffed. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Oh, he was being belligerent. Oh no, he's not being. He's crying mm. for his mom. It's like it was like that video took away all. To the point where not one prominent yes. white politician like could even, justify it. Could justify it. You know, even Trump himself had to be like, that was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But so. what, what ne- what's like never ceases to amaze me, though, is that uh, for as progressive as we're, we're, we're headed towards and all that stuff, I'm on the Internet every day. You know, you're on the, everyone's on the Internet every day. There's a new video every day in just like a different type. Like it'll be Karen's calling the cops on on the black guy. It'll be that. Or it'll be like someone not wanting to wear their mask and coughing on babies and stuff every day. You're like, how many of you are out there knowing that everyone has a cell phone camera? Well, you know, the thing is, is like, okay, but here's the thing, though. I, I think Will Smith said it best. I don't know. I don't want to mess. I don't know what his quote was. Uh, I don't want to. I'm saying I might, I might be butchering it, but he says, yeah. there's not more racism. There, it's just being filmed. Yes. You know? Yes. You know, so I and, just think but, that. But, like, but for for them to. You would think that once you know the entire world has cell phone cameras, the racism would be a little more low key and undercover. Bro, I say this, this is what I. You know what? What you're talking about is optics. You know, yeah. like like this is what I've been saying on my podcast for a few weeks now is that I don't get why the governors, mayors, police chiefs weren't going, hey, guys, um, we get it. Some of you don't like black people. Right. But let's not do this stuff on film anymore. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, like like the cameras in their face is like, what, you filming me? Yeah, 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 go go ahead. Like they get emboldened. Like yeah, it's like uh, let's. It's it's almost as if you go like because you go really again. Like you go, you know, it's yeah. like you keep going. Like you got filmed again. Like as if like they're shocked. As if like these cops that get caught, they're like, uh, that tells me. This is what really bothers me about like that George Floyd video. 
that guy had the look of someone who thought he was going to get away with it. Because they always do. Right. You know? so, and, and they have or, in the past. Or what has he gotten away with that he mm-hmm. goes, this is going to be fine. So that's the part that's scary. So it, I think there has to be a shift amongst those type of people too. Because look, by the way, to be a cop is not easy. It's a dangerous job. You have to have a certain level of like loyalty yeah. to justice. Because the cops during the riots, they could easily be like, Bye. Like the yeah. cops could just be why not like imagine if the cops would have been like okay well all right good luck burn the city down it's like yeah. the rioters the rioters and people protesting like that they need the cops there or it's meaningless true but i think we've seen that there's just this institutionalized cultural problem within the force and we saw it when the protests were happening like again how many of these videos are you seeing like tear gas canisters to the face and just you're like yeah yeah yo this is the time you're supposed to be on your best behavior and you you can't do it for a week okay but devil's advocate at the same time though if you're protesting that Mm -hmm. these people are not acting properly and then you want to be mad during the protest that they're not acting properly like and by the way they're outnumbered like the one they're out there in the streets like and the people are throwing things and they're doing this yes. stuff and now we're expecting when, we're when expecting like these that. cops yeah we're expecting these cops to be like hey everybody uh, you know i i don't want to put my hands on you no at that point right, they're right. mad too i mean i they're human beings also i agree when it gets heated and riot and there's bricks and stuff they have yeah. to defend themselves but when like the guy in buffalo kind of and the, his head cracks right. open and yeah. like you don't need to do that. And then when they all sit, like do a Rudy, like if he's off the force, we are like, that's the hill you're dying on. I know. And the, the thing too is like, that's what I say about like, it's a dangerous job. Mm-hmm. You knew that going in. And you, ha- you have to be better than that's part of the that's job the is like, part- you have to be better than us. Yes. That's the job. Like, like, I hate the excuse of like, well, George Floyd was a criminal, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or any person that, you know, I go, so? Yeah, like and like so, name like, so calling what? is not uh, no, like it's not, not my, it's not but, fun. But that's not but. even my point. My point is like, yeah, they're a criminal, okay. But you're not the judge, jury, and executioner. You're supposed yeah. to enforce the law, enforce justice, yes. and live up to that. That's your fucking job. I think sometimes they forget they're in a uniform. So if a guy's saying like "fuck you" to a cop or whatever, like. Yeah, it sucks to be called that, and you probably shouldn't be doing that, but it's not illegal, and you, you kind of have to be able to just, you know, let know, it be water over you. in the same way that we have to you. put up with, like, when the, when the Ku Klux Klan wants, or something, mar- wants, with wants to go on a march, you know? Yeah. You know? I know, like, heck, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's, always so, it's always so bizarre, like, you know, when you, when you think about, like, we put ourselves in certain situations, and it's like, this is analogous to it, but it's like, in a comedy club setting, we make people buy alcohol. Mm-hmm. And then we also ask them two to drinks. behave. At minimum, yeah. two drinks. We say, you need to get two things of alcohol. <laughs> uh-huh. That's just the minimum, but you can get And be more quiet. And behave yourself. Like, it's almost ridiculous. Like, Most so that's people why- can, but statistically... When you introduce a certain amount of alcohol into people, they forget the rules and just like their boisterous personality comes out and sometimes it's too much for a live show and yeah. they just can't handle it. Well, and that's what I'm saying. It's the same thing about like, you know, 
but I, I still feel that there's a certain type of personality of person that becomes a cop or the person that can, mm-hmm. that, they got to be a rough rider. They Yo, I be- had this thought. I go, why do people become cops? It's not to do paperwork. They watch bad boys or they watch. <laughs> and it's always like, like, it's like wanting to be a porn star and you never get to fuck chicks. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like. They want to be like, like, what the fuck? Yeah. Say that to my face. Imagine you're the porn star and all you're doing is, you know, you go in and they have you filing and you're like, yeah, oh. yeah. They go, when do I fuck chicks? They go, oh, that's only in the movies. No, yeah, it's, yeah, just, no, that's it's not mostly about. traffic tickets. And- <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what I mean about you and your brain. Like you, you think, yeah. you, you think in sketch form. Like, I think I, it's I, sketch, I always yeah. think when you have an idea and I do this too. And that's why I like talking to you when we start talking about ideas, because to me, it's already formed. Like I already see like how we're going to film it. Like I already yeah. see, like like oh okay oh we can get we need to get Ian Edwards and this person and then we'll do it like this and it's like oh, I, and I love I that. get so like, excited like once we're talking or something about a situation and then I see the sketch just like I get so giddy man and I just want to like I just want to share it and paint the world and kind of like do it with whoever I'm talking to too you know what see, I mean I'm like a little older than you so I go back to the time when we actually did sketch shows like. There was no filming it. It was just a sketch show. I, I was in a shitty sketch group. Uh, you know. Well, they still do it. You mean like UCB stuff or? Yeah, yeah, but but that's like on a but no 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 UCB and all that kind of stuff. They they I would say that that's a a a, a like it's a step above amateur. Okay, mm. you know it's still amateur, but it's like they it they got a practice space. It's being led. See, back in the day, it was just a group of friends got together and you were going to do sketches. You know, and it's like you didn't have a leader. You would have to rent. Like I remember renting a bullshit theater in Hollywood, and we would put on sketch shows. And it was a night. You would invite. You would invite people down. And yeah, stuff and- yeah. You invited mm. people to come watch them. And those days are. I know, I know people are still doing them, but when they do them, I think it's more a professional thing. It's, it's set up better. But we used to just do it because it was the only way to like get that get that energy out. So you had your yeah. dumb sketch group, and you would do these like crazy sketches and. You you know, and you'd put on shows in front of like thirteen people, and you know, I I, I still remember my my sketch group was called the Suckling Pigs. Oh yeah, <laughs> I don't even remember everybody's. Was like, oh, I I remember you guys. I heard I about know, you. Were- <laughs> I, don't, I don't even remember everybody's name that was in the group. That's how long mm-hmm. ago it was. You know, only yeah. only guy I remember is Jim Bruce. Jim's the only guy I, I remember. Uh, but like everyone Shout else, out Jim Bruce. And I remember one of the guys saying to me like, "This is why I needed to leave the group." Because I was young, I was in my twenties, you know, and uh, we were doing this these terrible sketches, you know, because <laughs> some of them were just bad, you know. And uh, but one of the guys was like, "Guys, we all we're all suck. None of us are ever going to be on TV." And he said that, and that's when I was like, "I need to get away from you." Ooh, that's toxic, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I said, I don't want that type of energy around me because I am going to be on TV. Yeah. I am going to make it. That's how I thought about it. So Dude, that's why I'm kind of protective. Like when I was coming up, um, protective of my dream. I wouldn't tell, like I never told anyone at Boeing that I did stand up. Um, even when I was going to college studying engineering, I didn't tell anybody that I was doing stand up as well. And because it was very much my thing and I had a personal relationship with it. And I know it seems naive to a lot of people, but they can't see it like I can see it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't, even if they're like, oh, that's great. I want to come see you sometime. It's like watching a toddler jump off a diving board. Like that's the energy of it. Yeah. And yeah, I don't yeah, need yeah. that. I know the perception and I don't want to have to deal with it. So that's why I just kept it to myself. 
how does your mechanical engineering side of your brain how does it how does it mesh with your creative side for the stand-up or do they mesh at all or are they completely separate they parts do. of your brain i think they complement each other really well and i think uh I always had an artistic itch growing up. The engineering came later. Engineering, I was like 18 and that, I had to go to college, right? That was for your parents. So, <laughs> that was for my parents and I was able to do it and you, you have to be good at school or you know they get mad at you and stuff. So, But I, I, I used to dance and stuff when I was a kid. I always had a performer element to me um, as a young child. But engineering, it just it teaches you time management, structure. Um, it just gives you very crystalline ways of thinking and uh i think that structure coupled with the magic of like ideas comedy and and like artistry it it it, it gave structure to that oh. so i'll think of an idea and i know okay this bit goes here this bit goes here like a, this will like, go, a this, like an engineering formula or like a right kind of or you it's like a, a scaffolding you're building a like ah. when i think about stand-up i think of or just comedy in general, stand-up ideas are, um, they're like Lego pieces to me. So I'll think of a funny concept or a funny idea, and it's a red Lego piece. And then I, it's just floating around, I'm living my life, and then maybe next week I think of another idea, and that's also a red Le Lego piece. And I go, oh, that, that kind of fits. And then once I have enough red Lego pieces, that's a bit. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. And, and then I think of another bit or something, and I'll go, oh, that's a blue Lego piece. And then you just kind of figure out how to... Then you're putting together a set list. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, something that you mentioned just now, too, that I, I want the people to understand, too, is that you're actually a fantastic dancer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. I, like, I, I'm kind of flattered that... For a comic, that, uh, you're a great dancer. Yes. I always say, I, I say for a stand-up comedian... I'm a pretty good dancer. <laughs> By dancer standards, yeah. I don't know. That's how, that's how I feel about my cooking. <laughs> oh, yeah? And my singing. I feel that way about my singing and my cooking. For a comic, I'm, yeah, I'm a decent singer. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. <laughs> um, but I do, like, sometimes I'll get a DM from, like, a legit dancer, and they'll be like, no, like, you have, like, rhythm. You have, like, sophisticated rhythm. And I go, oh, that feels good. Because, like, yeah. they're a pro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, I felt yeah, that yeah. way when I was when I was around these like professional, like real, like dramatic actors on I'm dying up here. You know, mm -hmm. and like you know, they pull me aside and be like, you know, you really need to talk to your agents about this because you got it. You there's something about your like, and I was like really touched by that. You know, yeah. like Melissa Leo, this like Oscar winning actress, Whoa, is like pulling yeah. me aside and and like giving me tips. Like like you know, I remember preparing a scene with her and just. The things she was telling me, you know what I mean, like just the intensity of her, her saying, like, you know, you, you know, you do it this way, and like, um, tap into this, and like, just the way they would discuss the scene, and like, and I'll go, oh shit, okay, this is how you're getting to certain emotions and feelings, and like, yeah, you know, because they're they're looking at it that way. But I realized I I understood it because I do that with my stand up, you know, mm -hmm. with my stand up, like I all my stand up, there's an emotional thing. And if I don't have that emotion when I'm performing it, it doesn't come across the same way or it comes across different each time I do it. Because sometimes I'm in a mood where I'm like a little bit mellow and the same joke I'll do when I'm doing a little bit mellow, it actually hits differently than if I had this edge of like, this is really taking me off. Or I'm like, mm. you know, so I realized that that same thing is how acting works. 
that's exactly how acting works. It's like, here's yeah. the words, but what am I feeling right now? And how do I translate that with, with, with this environment and, 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 and with this scene partner? And it, 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 it just made me realize, I was like, oh, wow, okay, I, I really did enjoy doing dramatic acting. Yeah, I mean, that's so great to, to be pulled into that world and kind of on, on the job training with someone like that. Yeah, that's exactly what it was, totally on the job training. So, but yeah, but back to you, though, it's like, you know, I can tell, though, when you're dancing that mm-hmm. there's a part of you that was like, you wish you were a professional dancer. Like there's a part of you that there's a part of you that wishes it would like like you were in a music video with Chris Brown. You know, like you're one of the guys in the back. You know, like you know, it's like you know what I mean? You're just I, you're doing all your moves and stuff. I just no, when, when you dance, I feel like this motherfucker thinks he's a backup dancer for fucking Paula Abdul right now. <laughs> I'll give you a few thoughts. I okay, so like dancing was the first thing I ever did. Like I was a little kid. I was like a baby and I would dance. I would dance like Michael Jackson and that was just my way to express myself. So Dancing is very, it's like when you smell something and you're transported to a certain place or whatever. Dancing is like my first thing. It's it's almost um, very primal for me. I don't think about anything. I'm, like a, I'm a very heady guy. I'm overly analytical. I think about things too much. Uh-huh. When I dance, it's like there's not a care in the world. It's just like I feel the music so much and it's great. It, it, it's really cool. It's almost like meditating where yeah. I'm not worrying about shit and it's just about dancing and I'm kind of transported to a different world and it's almost like you're a different person, you know? So there's that element that that's why I love, I love dance. And then I don't know if I want to be the Chris Brown guy, but I would have these Hollywood fantasies. I I would, I would, uh, I always wanted to do this thing where I wanted to be a backup dancer for like Christina Aguilera one time, just for like one show. Cause it makes no sense. But that's what I'm you know saying. What I mean? That's what I mean. Nah, but I don't want to make a career out of it. Like <laughs> just, I wanted to be an established comedian. Right. Just, oh. And, and, and then, and then just like, wait, is that Fahim up there? Just for like one, <laughs> one tour. You know what I mean? Like, like they're in Barcelona yeah, and I'm, yeah. I'm up there just for one second or I'm in a music video for like a split second. Yeah. Yeah. That was my dream. And then also I remember early on in my twenties, I told my people, I was like, get me in a step up movie. I want to be in a step up movie in the worst way. You know what's funny about that? I wanted to be huh. on Glee just as bad. Cause I wanted hey, to sing. I wanted to be. Fuck I wanted yeah. to be like the. I wanted to be the coach or the teacher on Glee, and I wanted to be like where I could sing songs. So I was like, yeah. I want to. I want to sing Katy Perry, baby. You're a Why fly, not? Fly. <laughs> yeah. And I wanted to be like you know. Especially if you have the if you have the skill set, like all you can do is ask. But I just I I wanted to be in a step up movie in the worst way, and so whatever those things didn't work out. But I I kind of have had like fractions of that or shades of that. Like I was um. You were great on the on the what's the, what's the college show? What's the show on? Uh, oh, funny dance show. Funny dance show. I I saw a clip yeah, of yeah. it and I was on like, e. this motherfucker had like, <laughs> you had your you I, and I I gotta tell you, I know you. Yeah. You loved yeah. every second of that. <laughs> of course, I'll tell you how much I loved it. Well, here was my thought process. Okay, so if people who don't know, there's a show on E from Justine and and Heidi. So our friends, they they they're comics as well. So they take comedians, two comedians versus two comedians, and it you dance. You kind of it's supposed to be like funny, but then also kind of good. It depends on how good you are as a dancer. They give you choreographers. Like I said, this they, goes one of those things. Stand up's not enough. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but uh, but I was like, I'll do this, of yeah, course. Yeah, I go, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I go. This makes sense though. Everything else is shit, but this this show is I awesome. Know. 
So they gave us choreographers. They gave us a set. It was like really well produced. Yeah, there was backup and, dancers. And backup dancers. And they trained us for, they gave us a routine. And they trained us for like uh, three days. Like we're in a dance studio and everything. And most other people would like go home. But I stayed after. Like, because here was my thought. I go, I'm kind of good at dancing. I'm pretty good. Yeah. So I can really capitalize. I can really juice this thing. Because yeah. When else am I going to be able yeah. to learn from these choreographers? Yeah. When else am I going to have these sets? When else am I going to have these backup dancers? Yeah. Taking you why serious. Don't I just, <laughs> taking it like, yeah. Why not just put a little extra time and effort, especially if, if I can dance and really do a great show? If I couldn't dance, then it'd be like, yeah, whatever. haha. But like, I was like, let's do this right. And I think it showed when we finally filmed it. Yeah, it was great, man. That was great. Thanks. And, I, I, and then side note, also, I, I'm a Fortnite dance. So if anyone plays Fortnite, one of the emotes is me dancing. Somehow, like, they found, because I would paid? post Did these videos. you get videos. paid for that? Yeah, they, they paid me. Oh, yeah, good yeah, for yeah. you. Because oh. people were like, because oh, I, I, I got I, the I, condo, right? <laughs> no, Because no. I heard they were, um like, they used to jack moves and stuff like that. And so oh. whenever I told people, I posted it on my Instagram because I have a side-by-side of the dance and what they ended up using. And people are like, oh, they fucked you. And I'm like, no, 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 they, they paid me. They made a deal. Um, but it was random as fuck because, you know, sometimes I, I dance in my place. Yeah, yeah. So back when I was living in Koreatown. I know because you, you did a dance on Instagram and I saw it and I was like, and I tried to copy. I did it. I did a dance in front of my door. It was one of the posts that people loved the most because it was. <laughs> Dude, it's crazy. That's what I've noticed, too. I'll post my stand up. I'll post some sketches. And then sometimes I'll just do like a dumb dancing thing and it gets way more common. There's just something, it transcends logic. It's like, it's such a heart game. Because you know what you learned? Stand-up actually mm. isn't enough. <laughs> I guess. We got to stop doing this thing, you know? Maybe COVID <laughs> you is know, just you know pushing us am, into like, dance. My, here's the, my gaming videos. I put, I'll put a gaming video up now and it, it gets more views on my Instagram than even like this. <laughs> you know? So I, mean, I get it. People want, but, you know, yeah. we don't know what, clicks with people it just it just does yeah but i just think that's such a cool credit to have like i'm a stand-up comedian why do i have a Fortnite dance but it's my favorite credit yeah i think yeah, it's, great. it's random well listen dude um i think you're fantastic uh, i Thanks, hope you man. do get Same. on snl i hope that uh, any, um and, uh hey maybe the goat face still comes back you never know maybe you know, you know maybe the door's not shut yeah, you'll be at like denny's or something and somebody goes hey uh, we're gonna make uh, three seasons of Go Face. You in? Oh. <laughs> you never know. So, but I'm sure I'm, I'm sure there's there's big things ahead. I mean, you, you did that one. You know, sometimes a lot of people they have the first crack. It's not the one that makes it big. You know, it yeah, could be your yeah. second, third thing, or whatever it might be. Totally. But I'm sure there there is gonna be a thing like that. And Everything is stepping stones to the next thing, yes. and we're in the game, and that's kind of all that matters. Yes, it is. Well, this has been Fahim. I, I appreciate you being on. I'm gonna have all your information below. And yeah, click uh, here, here, here yeah, for all my all, stuff. Yeah, click all this podcast stuff. here, sketches here, stand up special here. I know, and hopefully, if I, if I have enough time, I, I'm gonna like try to grab the dance clips. Yeah, yeah try just to, put it up. Yeah, just try to put it on the screen if I have time. But like, actually, it's happening. Do a TikTok real quick. <laughs> TikTok, that's the new one. I don't, I don't even get it. That that should be right in your wheelhouse. TikTok must be. Uh, like, I guess I'm. I have some stuff that have done pretty well on there, but I can't figure. I just feel like Chris Hansen's gonna pop onto my phone and be like, "What are you doing here?" I know. I feel too old for TikTok too. I, I think it's like that's yeah, what that's yeah, the yeah. one app that I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah. I should." Sometimes be I'll this. see a I'll see a for you page and it's just like some like 
some kid like this and it has like five million views. Yeah. You're like, what? He's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just something like so stupid, you know? And then the video ends. I go, that was it? That's it? Five million oh. views? And then it's like the comments, this dude is yeah. so funny. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then, and then I do it and it's just like, like two views. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't get it. I don't know how shit goes viral, man. I don't know, but we'll figure it out. Maybe Who hopefully knows. this goes viral. Send, make this let's, viral, let's do, guys. A, let's do a dance, and then we'll go viral, man. I know. That's what we have yeah, to promote it. That's what we'll do. Uh, but anyways, thanks for coming on. Uh, again, of course, Mr. Dude. Fahim Anwar, and please co- continue to subscribe, share. I appreciate you guys watching. If you want to watch me game, I'm on Eric Griffin Gaming every single day on Twitch. Um, and again, this has been Fahim, and thank you for watching, and I will see you next week, guys. Thanks a lot, man. All right, man. See you soon, hopefully, dude.